Psalm 100. Ready? All right. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Thank you. You may be seated. When I was in the primary department, and I don't remember exactly how old I was, probably nine or ten years old, our class memorized and had to recite the 66 books of the Bible. I've never forgotten that I can still do that. Somewhere along the way I had to learn to spell them. That's, that takes it to a totally different level, believe me. We also memorized the 23rd Psalm, and I probably struggle with that a little bit now because I've memorized that Psalm in several different languages, and it's, it gets confusing at some point which language to use, and I probably translate it <clears throat> on the fly when, when I do it anymore. But we memorized the 100th Psalm. My mom helped me with that. She had me memorize the 100th Psalm, neither have I forgotten that Psalm. And I noticed in, pre in preparing for Thanksgiving that that Psalm, Kim, that I memorized all those years ago, carries in some Bibles the heading, the Thanksgiving Psalm. And it is indeed. I've been speaking to you from 1 Corinthians, and I, I just want to step out of that series for a Sunday to celebrate Thanksgiving Sunday with you and there is no better psalm than the 100th psalm with which to do that. That psalm says shout out praises to Jehovah. That is from the, uh, the New English translation. The different translations some say make a joyful noise. Others say shout out. Um, that, that word shout and that command to shout is actually, actually occurs 17 times in the Psalms. And 12 of those times, it is shout with joy. And that is the command here. It is shout out praises, but it is a joyful shout. It's, it's a shout, guys, like when your team... Now, one commentator says it's when the king comes into the court. I'm sorry, I have a little trouble identifying with that. 
But Zach, it's like when our team comes onto the field, we, we shout with joy in support of our team. Now, we're good at that. We're good at shouting for our team. We're not nearly as good in shouting for the Lord. Benjamin, some friends of mine, the plasters who were missionaries in Russia, came to visit us here in Little Rock soon after we moved to Arkansas from Florida. We were a little new to Woo Pig Suey at that time too, but we went to Shorty Smalls back when there was one down on Warden or on the freeway, on the side of the freeway there by McCain Mall. And we went in, sat down with the plasters, and we were catching up with them. And then one of the waiters stood up and said, Folks, listen, we've got some folks here who don't know how to call the hogs. Brenda and I looked at each other and said, How did they know? So we're going to show them how to call the hogs. And I want you to know the whole restaurant broke out in a long and joyful woo-pig suey. And the plasters sort of slunk down in their chairs and looked at each other. You know, we're good at that. They, they score, and by the way, we're actually seeing our team score some, amen? And, and when they score, Jerry, we say, yes, yes, yes. We get loud, and we don't think anything about that. But we come into the house of God and we are in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and He moves in the service and somebody gets saved. I tell you, we ought to be shouting, Yes! 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 I was preaching one time. Actually, I was teaching a lesson in one of our seminars on cross-cultural living, cross-cultural ministry. And I was talk, talking about culture shock and reverse culture shock. And a long-term missionary, Cobb Sue Kim, was in the class. And in the middle of the class, he started yelling, Yes! That's it! Yes! Nobody's ever said it that way before. Yes! That's it! I got news for you. I would probably preach myself to death if some of you would stand up when you hear something that touches your heart, touches your soul, and you started yelling, yes, 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 that's it. Not to praise me, but to praise God. Shout praises to the Lord. Listen, God likes it loud. You say, I don't. I don't like it loud. I like it quiet in here. I like it somber in here. I, it makes me uncomfortable when somebody says amen. If somebody jumped up and shouted, praise the Lord, I would probably leave. I don't like it loud. I got news for you. You probably ought not go to heaven. Because <laughs> you're going to be very uncomfortable there. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two He covered His face. With two He covered His feet. And with two He flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. 
And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. In the Bible it says that they cry continually, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And I mean they cry to the point, Don, that the post move, the doorpost actually shake at the sound of their voice. If you don't like it loud, you probably shouldn't go to heaven because God likes it loud. He loves to hear your voice when you praise Him. Heard the story of old Elijah. Elijah was a shouting Baptist. People said about Elijah that he could shout about just about anything. Some of the teenagers in the church decided that they would test him on that. And they thought that science was their most boring subject. By the way, science is not boring. Sometimes teachers are boring, but science is not boring. But he took the textbook. They, they took the textbook to Elijah. Said, Elijah, it said about you that you could shout to the glory of God about anything. Here's our science textbook. I dare you to find anything in there that you, you could shout about. Elijah said, well, I don't know. Let me see. He started thumbing through the pages. Becky came to the place where Sid that the deepest ocean's three miles deep. I suspect they found since then it's a little deeper than that. But he said, is it true here? It says ocean's better than three miles deep. Is that true? They said, well, it's in this textbook. I guess it has to be true. He said, the preacher told me that my sins were buried in the deepest sea. Hold my mule. I got to shout. We ought to be willing at Thanksgiving of all times to look at what God has done for us, the glory of His goodness to us, and shout praises unto God. Listen to me. If you can shout in the football stadium, you ought to be willing to shout and ready to shout at the glory of God in the house of God. Yes! 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 Shout to the glory of God. For the Lord Himself will one day descend from heaven with a shout. You get that? With the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise. You say, I'm not going to shout. No, but Jesus will. There's coming a day when Jesus will shout. There will also be the voice of the archangel and Jesus will descend and the dead will rise. And on that day, I suspect you and I will say, yes! I tell you, if he came today, Pam, I'd be shouting and dancing, looking at him coming. Yes, yes, yes. Shout to the Lord. Rick Adams was our president of the school in Florida when I graduated. Rick used to always sign his letters awaiting the shout. Man, Larry, I'm looking for that day. I'm awaiting the shout. In the meantime, we ought to shout to the praise and to the glory of God. The verse also, the psalm also says, Serve Jehovah 
with gladness. By the way, I, the reason I'm reading the ASV is because it's the only translation in modern English, modern 1901 or 1909, that uses Jehovah every time it occurs instead of all caps, Lord. That's almost 6,000 times, it's over 5,000 times, almost 6,000 times in the Old Testament that the word Jehovah occurs. And I just like seeing that serve Jehovah with gladness. Now that word serve in some translation, it says worship Jehovah with gladness. I looked at the Hebrew word. I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means. I can do pretty well with Greek, but I'm not a Hebrew scholar. But I, I followed that Hebrew word and looked at every occurrence of that Hebrew word in the Old Testament. And it is always, almost always translated serve, but some translations use worship. Now, why would they do that? Well, it's because when we serve God with gladness, we are worshiping God. I want you to understand, listen to me well. When you live your testimony for Christ throughout the week and you serve Him, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, hump day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When you serve God all week long, you use your talents to the glory of God. Dennis, whether that's laying flooring to the glory of God. Tim, if that's working on some nasty vehicle for the glory of God. If that's working with young people in the school, Pam, whatever that means. Nick, if that's repairing shoes to the glory of God, when you do that through the week, you can, you can paint to the glory of God. And when you do that during the week, you are worshiping God. I, I, I said last week that every one of us has given something. God's poured something into us that He expects us to use for Him and for His glory. And when you serve Him with those things, when you serve God with the gifts He's given you, you are worshiping Him. The problem is sometimes God has put us in places to serve that get uncomfortable and difficulties come. And we may get the mully grubs. Look that up in the dictionary. And we complain and we gripe. We carry on about where God has put us and what He has us doing. Preachers about it about that. We complain and we look at the service. Oh, I'm suffering for Jesus. I got news for you. I'm having the time of my life. People keep asking me, how are you doing? I guess I had been a missionary for so many years. They thought I'd probably lost my mind pastoring a church again. Or maybe they thought I wasn't going to make it. I'm having the time of my life. I love the ministry that God has given me. And I can serve the Lord with joy and with gladness, rejoicing in the place He's called me and in the position He's put me, in the ministry, the opportunities He's 
He's given me. Serve the Lord with gladness. Oh my goodness, too many Baptists look like they grew up on pickle juice. And they're still sucking on a pickle and they've got the permanent pucker and, and people see them and it's like, come on out and be miserable with me. If that's, if that's your Christianity, I don't want it. I want the opportunity to serve the Lord with gladness, with joy. That means, Tim, every chance you get to put a wrench on something that belongs to the Lord, which is everything, you rejoice at the opportunity that you've been given. That means that when you are given a young person, Becky, to, in your class, that is an appointment from God to share the gospel and see them come to faith, and you shout, yes, yes, yes. You serve the Lord in the place He's put you and you do it with joy and with gladness. Man, we're in a time of thanksgiving. One of the things that we ought to be thankful for are the opportunities of ministry and of service that God has given us. As a pastor, I thank God for my deacons. There are some churches that I could go to and the deacons in the church think that they are the committee that runs the church. Lord help, they ought to read the Bible. We've got family deacons. We've got serving deacons. I can call my deacons and say, look guys, we, we still got people who are not coming out. Could you call your families and let them know that we care about them and we're praying for them? And our deacons do that. We have serving Deacons, deacons who are glad for the ministry they've been given. Serve the Lord with gladness. Enter His presence with joyful singing. Enter His presence with joyful singing. You need to recognize that when you came into this place, Jesus was in the room. I've said before that we had a lot of converted Catholics in our church in Africa. And when they would come in, they would genuflect. Now, I'm not going to demonstrate that because I would do it wrong and I don't want to offend anyone by doing it wrongly. And I'm not advocating that you do that, but i tell you what it did do for me. The fact that they recognized that they had come into the presence of God when they came into the church had an impact on me. And it's not the building. It's not because there's a cross on top or there's not a cross on top. It's not the building. It's the promise of God that when we meet together that He is in our presence. And it is important to acknowledge that we have come into the presence of God. Let us recognize His presence and let us sing with joyful singing to His glory. Now, I've already said, God likes it loud. David said to the leaders of the Levites to appoint some of their relatives as musicians. They were told to play various instruments, including stringed instruments. And I need to tell, this is sort of weird, and I apologize because they didn't know ahead of time I was going to do it, but I need the cameras to recognize I'm about to move and you need to follow me. He told them, 
to play on stringed instruments. It's Jimmy's guitar, bass guitar, and I miss Jimmy. I miss him this morning. And we need somebody to step up. We need somebody to take Jimmy's place on this stringed instrument as we play and sing to the glory of God. Behind the screen here is a set of drums. We lost our drummer. And we need somebody to stand up. You say, I don't like the drums. He says, including stringed instrument and cymbals. Oh my goodness. You don't like drums? Let's bring the cymbals out and let's clang them as loudly, loudly as we can. Listen, God likes it loud. He says, and to sing loudly and joyfully. Listen to me. It's a sin against God to make worship boring. Let me say that again. See if I can get more than one amen. Thank you. It's a sin against God to make worship boring. Of course, you can also say to me it's a sin against God to make preaching boring. Amen. That's right. It is indeed a sin against God to preach boring sermons because the Word of God is not boring and our God is not boring and our God likes loud singing and loud music when it's played to the glory of God. One author said, the place to begin getting fresh air in your worship is not by changing your style of worship, but by changing its direction. You see, our worship is not for our benefit. Our worship is not for our pleasure. Our worship is for the pleasure of God. That's why I've said four or five times in my message today that God likes it loud. He expects you to participate to the best of your ability. Yes, that first verse can mean make a joyful noise. And some of us when we sing sound like noise, but make a joyful one. And make it loud even to the discomfort of the people around you. Make it loud because God likes it loud. And our worship is not directed at us. It's not directed at each other. Our worship is directed to Him. To Almighty Jehovah God. To Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. To Him we direct our worship. Then the verse says, acknowledge that Jehovah is God. I, I like, again, reading in the ASV because of the name of God being mentioned. We don't hear that name very often anymore. Acknowledge. Now listen, some translations say, know that He is God. This translation that the NET, uh, the ASV says, acknowledge that Jehovah is God. Acknowledge that 
the Lord, that all capped Lord means Jehovah is God. He made us and we belong to Him. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Now some, when, when the verses, the translations say, Know ye, that's what I memorized, KJV. Know ye that the Lord, that is Jehovah, is God. I, I need you to understand this. We naturally know that there is a creator. Nobody has to tell us that. Natural man. You go to the most remote part of the world, and any place you find people, you will find that they worship a God of some sort. Because we know by instinct and by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that there is a God. Now, we don't know enough to be saved until we've heard the name of Jesus. But we know that there is a God. We have to have that knowledge educated out of us for us to disbelieve that and not know that. But the important thing is to acknowledge that the Lord is God. We need to acknowledge that He is the Creator. He stepped out in space and stood on nothing and by the power of His being and by the sound of His voice, He called creation of the world together and created it of nothing. Praise God who created all things and who created us. We, as creatures, created beings, belong to Him. We talk about giving ourselves to God. That's an act of our obedience. But the truth is, we belong to Him, whether we give ourselves to Him or not. We are His to do with as He pleases. Because He is the Creator, and we are the creation. Don't be arguing against God with what He chooses to do with you if you refuse to believe in Him. There is a hell, and hell is real. And those who reject God will go there. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we belong to Him. But when we have accepted Him, we are His people. We are known by His name. Now in that day when this psalm was written, that meant the nation of Israel in our day. It means we are Christians. And the followers of Christ were called, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. We wear the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We are His people and we are the sheep of His pasture. I read that, Jerry, and I thought, man, I don't want to be in anybody else's pasture. I don't want to be under anybody else's tutelage, anybody else's care. I'm glad that the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah is my shepherd. He leads me in green pastures. We are the sheep of His pastors, of His pasture. Listen, the verse, verses go on and say, and give Him thanks. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise Give Him thanks. That's verse 4 of Psalm 
100. This is the season of thanksgiving, and this is this particular verse is where the psalm got its name in some Bibles. That it, it's not that that name is inspired, but editors of Bible read the psalm and they see, yep, this is the thanksgiving psalm, and it's printed in the book. That's why it's so appropriate. I have preached to you, I have done counseling with members of my flock, uh, with others through the years, and I've told you that there is few things that are so life-changing as an attitude of gratitude. It's true, an attitude of gratitude. And this week, our nation will celebrate a day of gratitude to God. Thanksgiving. It's not Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving. It is the time, Larry, when we acknowledge that all we have and all we are has come from God. And we give Him thanks. That is appropriate. And I would encourage you, this week especially, of all weeks, throughout the week, to live and serve with an attitude of gratitude. And give thanks to God. And then it says, give Him praise. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give Him thanks and give Him praise. Listen. Praise His name. Praise His name. You know there is something, it's a whole nother sermon, and I'm not going to go there today because my time's already up and I don't have time for another sermon. Somebody should have said amen. But there is a sermon in this. Praise His name. Look through the Bible. Do a, do a search with your software to His name. He talks about how great is His name. And these things he did for the sake, for his name's sake. His name is a huge issue in the Bible. And his name for the Lord, that is Jehovah, is good. Thank you, Aaron, for the song. So appropriate for this verse today. The Lord is good. Listen to me. God is good. He is good good all the time and his love for us for you endures forever he is faithful God is faithful whether you're faithful or I'm faithful or not God is always faithful praise him for his goodness praise him for his faithfulness praise the Lord that phrase occurs also, and in Hebrew, that is Alleluia. Does that sound familiar? Hallelujah! I don't hear that much in church. I talked about shouting, yes, 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 I'll take that if I can get it, but I would love a Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Amen! Praise ye the Lord! Hallelujah! That's, we sang that as teenagers. And I'm not sure I understood we were singing the same thing. Praise ye the Lord is hallelujah. 
You say, ah, but Brother Lynn, this is COVID season. We've got people who are sick and some are dying. Yes, but God is still on His throne. He is in charge and He is still God. Hallelujah! You say, I don't have a job. And I don't know how we're going to buy food. I don't know. But I know this. God knows. God's still God. And God is in charge. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Our nation is in turmoil and more divided than it has been in my lifetime. But God is not divided and God is still on His throne and He knows what He's doing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise ye the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, come into His courts. It's Thanksgiving. A time that at all times, we ought to praise the Lord. I tell you, there's coming a time you say, well, preacher, I don't like you shouting like that. And I am aware that that may not sound very good over the live stream. But I tell you, you better get ready to shout. Because in heaven, John said, after this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Once more they cried out, Hallelujah. I've got a question. Will you be in that crowd? Will you be in heaven when they shout the Hallelujah chorus? Not if you don't know Jesus. If you do not know Him as Lord and Savior of your life, you'll never make it there. And in fact, probably all this yelling and carrying on that I've done has made you uncomfortable. You need to be made uncomfortable if you don't know Jesus. You need to be under conviction because of your separation from God and you need to come to him now. Yeah, the gospel is countercultural. The gospel is the way of salvation. And it is the gospel that will bring us to the point where we can say, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want us to stand together and I would just ask you as Roger's playing that you bow your heads and close your eyes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask you, do you know the Lord? Have you trusted Him for salvation? Will you come to Him now? Will you come to Jesus? Maybe what you need to do is come for salvation. The altar is open and you can come right now. Maybe you need to come for baptism. You've been saved, but you haven't been baptized. The altar is open. You can come now. Maybe you do not have the joy of the 100th Psalm. And you want to have that. You want to pray with me about that. You can come now. Will you come? Those on the live stream, you can make the same decision. You can kneel where you are. 
And you can call on Jesus. And I would invite you to do that.